0: Welcome to episode three of Happy Alone with Andrea Marston. I am once again, Andrea Marston. And every week I will continue to be more and more Andrea Marston. That is the plan. Trigger warning about this episode. We are talking about grief and the loss of a loved one. COVID, COVID, you've changed everything about my life, including the way I grieve, including the way we all grieve and um yeah i had to grieve alone it was something i never thought i'd have to do because i come from a gigantic and somewhat invasive family but on new year's eve 2020 i learned that my grandpa walter in san francisco had covid this was news none of us wanted to hear as my grandpa was already quite frail at the age of 91 after suffering a heart attack and a stroke The thing about my grandpa is that he's almost died so many times. We've gathered around him in vigil, hugging, crying, and praying. But this time, COVID changed even the way we sat in vigil together. We assembled on Google Duo in the same kind of chaos my big, loud Pakistani family enters a restaurant. Thank goodness for those compassionate and patient nurses, doctors and chaplains who put up with us asking so many questions and clamoring our way through our worries and concerns. They sat there patiently through bad Wi-Fi and lost audio. As we watched for 10 days, my grandpa slowly fade. Some days there'd be good days and we'd all be hopeful, but then we'd be gutted the next day to see him even worse than the day before. I've never been much of a hugger, but knowing that my dad was all the way in Calgary and I was in Toronto, I wanted nothing more than to hug him as he watched his father slowly die. We all ached not being able to hold my grandpa's hand and kiss him goodbye. Since his stroke, my grandpa's speech has not been great. You can always like tell when he's telling you a joke and when he's laughing at your jokes. He's usually quite jovial through it all, but this time it was different, and that's how I think we all kind of knew what was to come. He sat there and looked at us like he was observing his whole life and what it had come to. He looked at his wife of 65 years and blue kisses. He looked at his four surviving sons and his grandchildren, and I could tell in his eyes he knew he was going. He was sad to say goodbye like this, And he was scared. And as he faded on his screen, it was the same screen where I do shows and I have therapy and I have work meetings and I connect with my friend. And there it was this kind of fucked up, detached pain that I wish on no one I experienced as I watched my grandpa's last moments. I know this podcast is called Happy Alone, and it's supposed to be talking about building a relationship with yourself. But just like in any relationships, there are going to be downs on the way to ups. And it's how we handle those that define who we are as people. Today I'm talking to an amazing person, Dana Pudicombe, an actress, writer, producer, and a friend of mine who I met through the Toronto comedy community. Today we'll discuss her experience during COVID and what it was like to grieve for her during isolation. This is Happy Alone with Dana Pudicombe. i'm here with an amazing guest dana puddicombe a great friend from the toronto comedy scene and i'm gonna get her to give you an intro um of herself and then we're gonna get to chatting
1: yeah hi um my name is dana and i am an actor and writer uh improviser um i've been based in toronto for uh for the last gosh uh 15 years 14 or 15 years and Um, I've recently just uh, been spending my time in Newfoundland, which is where I am from, Um, and my latest project is a show called Band Ladies, so look for it on Highball TV.
0: (laughs) It's very good. I've seen it. I love it. It's great.
1: Hi, Dana. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for for having me on your pod. Thanks. I'm just so excited to
0: talk to people again (laughs) i haven't talked to people in a long time and you're um one of my favorite people from the community you're always like so like lively and easy to talk to so i'm very excited to have you here today also thank you i'm I love uh, hyping my friends during this part. So I just want to say, Dana, one of the greatest improvisers out there. Honestly, she can make anybody look good on stage. Um, I, when she's improvised with me, I do some crazy stuff. And Dana makes me <laughs> look like it's a normal thing that's happening. So uh, Dana's amazing.
1: <laughs> oh, well, right back at you. I mean, that's oh. like, you know, that's like the loveliest thing to, to hear is that, you know, uh, yeah I think that we all want to be want to be able to uh, to be on stage and feel like we're supporting people you know what I mean yeah. I feel like that like if you hear like improvisers if they're feeling um, feeling weird after a show I feel like if you really get down to it with your friends it's usually because they feel like they had lack in that area as opposed to other things so I feel like it's kind of the root of a lot of the anxiety of after show sometimes if you feel like you weren't able to do that so I appreciate. That.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I think that sometimes in especially in like comedy, we forget about that aspect of improv, of like support and like making someone else look good. And it doesn't take away anything from what you do in fact it makes your work even better and uh yeah you're someone I talk to my students about (laughs) I was like because I think you do such a good job of it so and I think that's and I think that says a lot about you as a person too because you're a very supportive person in your life as well like you've helped me out so much in like helping me get into all this acting stuff so I really appreciate you um thank you yeah, I'm excited to have a chat with you. So you said you're in Newfoundland,
1: mm-hmm. and yes.
0: um, you went back there, and as a, your friend, I know the reason, but would you mind telling us, um, yeah, why why'd you go back to Newfoundland?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I've had a really like you know cathartic and crazy um experience with COVID and with um this year, just like so many people have had. You know what I mean, and uh yeah and it's just I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy you know ride you know that I've been on but I'm very happy to be I feel like you know even though we're still in the midst of all this on the other side of of a lot of it but yeah so before uh the pandemic hit and before all of this stuff was going on I had been really busy for for a long time I'd you know I had uh you know I'd worked many jobs all through always doing a bunch of shows always kind of run ragged like you know just really just living from a place of real like you know just grabbing it just scarcity like just wanting to just make everything happen as much as i could and so when um the when the first isolation happened i was in toronto and i was uh house sitting a spot until may that was the plan for my friend who i'd been on i'd worked on a cruise ship as a a, a comedian and improviser and so my dear friend had was letting me stay at her place And when isolation and kind of everything was first happening, like, I was, you know, in the zone of like, you know, writing and reading and exercising and just like really taking my time to myself. And, and it was such a a weird time. And it was so strange that like all of this news was popping up, but we didn't know what was really going on. And, and so then at the beginning of April, kind of everything just kind of turned around in a really crazy way for me. And, uh, so my mother uh, my parents my my mother my father my two sisters uh, and their kids all live here in Newfoundland and I actually hadn't been home since I'd come home to work like a year and a half before that other than I was the cruise ship that I was on was here for one day uh, oh. in, in when I was there in the fall I got to see one of my sisters and her kids um, but yeah so I got a call on a Monday um uh, my mom had been kind of not well and she had been struggling with different you know health issues that you know uh, that had been kind of like long term things that she'd been dealing with but i got a call on a monday that she was quite sick and that she was going to the hospital and so that was kind of wild and crazy and then then the next night we found out that she had been diagnosed with a really aggressive with cancer and um so of course it was like okay what are we going to do and so I remember talking to my sister and it's like, well, I guess, you know, come home. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go home. And I didn't really know what would be waiting for me. I didn't know what had happened before. My father had has is a cancer survivor and he has ongoing things that he deals with. And so, you know, I had had this experience before of going home to support in a certain way for a very, very short period of time, mind you. But so, yeah, so I, I booked a flight and then I was subletting this place. So, I didn't know what was going to happen so in the in 24 hours probably less than I packed up everything that I had in garbage bags and Uh my really yeah my really great friend Jenna who used to be my boss at the Rivoli um, she you know came and brought me um, made me a mask and brought me coffee filters from the bar for my for the flight because we were at such such a time in what a time to
0: travel yeah what like on top of worrying about your mom you were traveling during the pandemic i did it once too and it is it's high anxiety already
1: yeah and i mean you know uh and yeah it was pretty crazy because it was at a time that like because the you know the uh the isolation and the different things it was so new and we didn't really know what it is you know really nobody was really traveling Mm -hmm. so it's not like i could even you know, really get much advice. And I was really lucky that a friend of mine, Sammy Farid, who is a, a comedian who used to do comedy, he does comedy, but he used to play at the Rivoli when I worked there. And he's just always been really sweet. He's a flight attendant. And he was really great to like, give me some, you know, advice and kind of like ease my mind a little bit. But yeah, so I packed up all my stuff. My friend Jenna came and brought me you know, gloves and stuff like that, because I didn't even have time to really go and get supplies. And so she brought me everything that I'd need for my flight. And then you're like, you know, in the you know, I'm on the lawn of my house, and I can't even give her a hug. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it was just a, such a surreal, weird thing. And then uh, my great friend. Um, yeah, my, I had a great friend who my, my great friend, Emily's mother brought me to the airport you know but i am mean, it's like in the back seat you know covered she's covered like it was just like i felt like i was being smuggled out of the country you know what i mean
0: yeah because that um, was, in, was, that in was... A- april or may you said that was in what yeah. month was that that was april this May, yeah that's in
1: april yeah. and
0: so that yeah, was probably so early just april. when when flights were starting to go again so that's yeah that's um it yeah. was like you're being smuggled okay wow yeah.
1: yeah and so it was crazy and and so you know i go to the airport and and yeah and so it was like really really early in the morning and this was on april 9th it was a thursday so this was like this mm-hmm. had happened from monday to thursday right um and so you know i was joking around that like you know if you know most people look at like most of the traumatic situations of their life it involves them having to clean a fridge somehow because you're like you have to like <laughs> you usually have to like leave a plate or or like do something like that but Um, But yeah, so I, I went to the airport and I had like a really interesting experience of just that time, like flying and, and, you know, yeah, it was so crazy. Uh, You know, there was a woman got on the flight and she was, she was coughing and she was with her husband and they were kind of an older couple, but it was one of those weird things that like, I felt really at ease with it because I felt like she must have something other health condition for her to be that actively ill so it's just kind of like a really crazy place your mind goes to of like organizing safety you know yeah Um, yeah and like keeping yourself
0: calm in that kind of situation because yeah you must have to be like super rational (laughs) because to like calm yourself down in that kind of like high stress situation
1: yeah I mean and like for you like were you were you able to kind of like you know look at the facts and kind of say, okay, I've got my wet wipes. I've got my, like, how did you, how did, when you were getting on the flight, like how did you, how did you organize yourself?
0: I'm a highly anxious person. So, Mm -hmm. and how that comes out in me is, a like super preparedness so like i'm like yeah i had gloves and i had masks and i and i picked my seat in a particular spot where i thought i could like get in and out of the plane i took like an uber there i i had a plan but i had plenty of time to plan it wasn't a sudden trip home like i was planning a trip home um during this crazy time and it mine was in the summer so you but this was all sudden this is four days for you this is four days of planning to and like worrying about your mother and worrying about covid and traveling like that's a lot that's a lot yeah Yeah. it was
1: insane but it was almost so much that it was kind of i was in this really weird zen i mean i you know like i can reach a certain level of like eerie calm as it is Mm -hmm. just as a human being but like yeah it was just like i'm not a very emotional person either like my friends always kind of make fun of like that about me too considering what i do too considering like that you're being an actor or whatever like I'm just not I'm just a very like I'm just not a very emotional person right I think I find myself sensitive but I'm not typically very emotional like I'm a single tear on a sad day kind of person um (laughs) but um but yeah so and then I I flew and I remember I got in I got in St. John's and it was you know the airport was super eerie and I felt like the same people were we were like there were like six of us that were kind of like going to the same place we were almost like we that's who we saw and like Yeah, it was very, very, very eerie and very, very weird. And then when I arrived, they had like a a table set up at St. John's Airport, where it was just like, two women from Eastern Health from the health board. And they had these, you know, basically like contracts for people to voluntarily sign to say that they were aware of quarantine, and they were aware of whatever, you know. And I remember just like, going to sign it and then saying to them, like, I don't know if I can sign this because my mother's sick in hospital. And I don't know, like, I can't tell you right now, whether if I have an opportunity to see her or not, if I can do it. So in good conscience, I don't know if I can. They were like, totally not like expecting anything. So they were like, yeah.
0: they're
1: like, who cares? Mrs. Like, go on, don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> but I put too much stock into it, but yeah. And then I went and I got in a cab and I was so fortunate that I, you know, my, my like group of friends here, just like they assembled like they set me up like they they reached out like my friends amy renee jason like all of these great people in my life just like reached out to my friend ruth who had a house and so she you know opened up the house and then my friend amy went and they went and like cleaned it and set it up and put the groceries and had everything ready for me off oh. uh, so that i could quarantine because i had to quarantine by myself because my my dad has has uh a, and but everybody in my family has like some kind of immune their immune issues that make it so that there was no really where where else for me to go um and yeah so I arrived and I got in a cab and 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 got there and then I my two my friends Renee and Amy were like flanked on either side of the door Come and they on. just like you know they, you know just like we're like hey you know we love you and you know and then I just like go into this house and uh Yeah. And I went in and, you know, took all my clothes off at the door. This was at the point where we were so afraid, you know, and like went and found the, the washing machine and like tried to figure out how to use this washing machine. So coat, everything was put in there. And then I sanitized all the bags and then I got in the shower and yeah, I got out of the shower and my sister called and my mom passed away.
0: Oh my goodness. So I, s- oh, Dana. So you didn't even get a chance to see her after all that, but you were at least in the same spot as your family. So now you get a chance to grieve. But like, what was that like? Like, after having the shower and then you're alone in isolation, right? Like, how, oh, and, I'm never, I'm not a big hugger, but so my grandpa, (laughs) my grandpa passed away um, in uh, January and none, we watched him like slowly like die over FaceTime. He was sick with COVID in San Francisco. And I just, I never wanted a hug so bad in my life. Like I'm also not like an overtly emotional or like needy person like that. Like I don't need a lot from other people, but I remember and my roommate was like away during that time too. And I remember just thinking like, Holy shit. I would love to hug someone right now. So, how how was isolation at that point after finding out your mom had passed away?
1: Uh, yeah, well, it was so weird cuz I was like mm-hmm. I was like okay, and you know, knowing that my dad and my sister were there with her was good and I had honestly in my heart and soul had already um organized myself to the fact that I wouldn't see her. That that mm-hmm. unless unless something was to uh unless unless she was something was to happen that they were able to you know find a way to sustain her to make her like that she was getting better
0: you know
1: that she would have you know lasted you know she would have lived lived the two weeks for me to isolate I you know and I didn't really see that coming because they you know through reports from my sister and from my father it didn't seem like it was going in that direction um and I also kind of mentally organized myself for the fact that if they were to offer some kind of you know sustainable support for her so that I could see her that I would have denied it because I wouldn't have put my sister or my father through that or my mother really so I had already kind of made I'd made a bunch of decisions kind of already before I even got on the plane like I was like if if it's if keeping her alive just so I can see her is is on the table then that's not what I want if so I yeah. I was I was so mentally ready that it yeah. was really eerie and strange. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it is eerie when that's what I'm like thinking about this whole time of like COVID. Like we should all be having a huge panic attack and just like losing our minds all the time. And I I was telling this to Shabu yesterday, my another guest of mine, that I'm so amazed at how resilient we are as a human oh. race. Like I'm just so even even me because I'm. I'm not like needy, but I am, I fall apart easily. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. And
1: you you feel things. And like, I think that like understanding you can, you can, you can explore or change your behaviors, but the way you feel is, is that is a, that is what it is. Right. And so that's, that's good to be in touch with that. I think.
0: Yeah. And well, and now I'm going to therapy and like therapy is like helping me think more like you, Dana. Cause like, I would never be able to like sit on like, to rationalize to the point of you the way you rationalize that was so graceful it's so like when I when you were talking I was like oh I hope I have that kind of (laughs) grace in those kind of moments um
1: I appreciate that it didn't feel terribly graceful at the time it just was like I just felt really like weird I just felt very numb I felt very did you feel like
0: detached from like what was happening because like you're just like trying to get it done like I know I felt like that in some moments too oh
1: for sure. I mean, I remember the night before I flew, I, I talked to my, our friend Caleb um, who's been yeah. a friend of mine for way before we all like our gang for listeners. Like we were all like improv buddies from the last like five, 10 years, but I've been friends with Caleb since I moved to Toronto. Right. Cause we worked together at the Riv. Oh, and wow. so, yeah. And so we were, I was talking to him and he was really great and like listening. And the, the one thing I said to him was I was like, look, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know. Like, I feel like I I'm in a state where I don't really know where I'm going. I don't know what's gonna wait for me there. Like, this is crazy. But I do have to tell you, like, if I come back here and haven't been to th- a therapist, it's do not, you know, do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars. Like, go. You have yeah. to take me because I do. Like, I felt like I was like, disso. Like, I was like, am I am I here? Like, am I here?
0: Yeah, I like was dissociating. Was- yeah your
1: expectation of how you react in those in I mean I feel like this is a universal thing for people as they get older and they have more experiences and you know the wealth of different things that happen to human beings like if you were to be able to sit and talk to anybody the way we're talking right now about a specific thing like you would just find that you know everybody has these stories of like turning point kind of moments and I mean it's yeah it's 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 amazing the You know what people can can handle what people can 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 organize themselves and they you never react the way that in your mind you would have assumed you would have reacted in those scenarios
0: right yeah i yeah i so i did so i organized my grandpa's like celebration of life and like Uh that was my way of like dealing with the grief and like not being able to be there and not holding his hand and like not doing this is like, I needed to do some kind of like, I think my love language is acts of service. So yeah. I like, I needed to do an act of service. So like, um, did, what did you do like after your mother passed away and like, were you still like doing that? Were you still like checking a list and like making it or did like, did you have moments where you could like sit with yourself and like, really like deal with uh, it, like feel it I out mean- or
1: yeah. It's crazy because it's like a part of me is like, well, I would never wish that up on anybody in their life Yeah, is that you, you know, you would have a loss like that and then be by yourself for two. I weeks. know. Oh my um, God. But I also feel like there's another side of the coin that was like, you know, it let me really, you know, I just spent time with myself for two weeks and whether that was, you know, in a lot of different ways. And I had, like such an outpouring of support from, from so many, you know, different friends and family and so many people like wanting to video chat and, you know, um, play a game or like do different things. Like I had so much support. And I also had this amazing thing that kind of just happened where I would have my friends. So in St. John's, like the street that I was on is right on the sidewalk. So like all the houses are just like, it's like row houses on the sidewalk. So all the windows and your door is quite accessible. And uh, I had like people come to, like had like, um, basically like a window parade. And if you look at my Instagram, oh, there's a whole section of, that. of all of the friends. And so like, people, uh, people, you know, coming to my window and just like giving me a buzz and being like, I'm outside. And then we would talk on the phone and just kind of be together. Um, so many people d- did things like that. And like, my high school friends we all had some zooms and kind of reconnected and my university class we had a, a couple of zooms and hung out and you know and it was also kind of weirdly i mean this is too funny but not funny but like funny mm-hmm. funny it was like it was also um easter and my birthday were also in oh. the two weeks of my um of my quarantine oh my gosh um, so but it was so lovely like so many people you came to visit me at the window and my best friend, Melanie, who I live with now, like she, we have the same birthday, which is kind of fun. And so we've (laughs) always celebrated together. And so her and, and, and Amy and Steph, like uh, they, that my other great friends, they came to, to the door with a cake. And so we had our cake and we blew out our candles together on the street. And, you know, like, and friends like had a Zoom and stuff. And like, you know, it it was, um, you know, people brought me Easter dinner, you know, everybody had me set up with everything. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was, it was, it was insane. And I also kind of, I had made the decision, you know, when mom passed away, even though like, you know, my friends had brought me all kinds of like wine and things like that, that I just decided that, I was I was going to do the quarantine sober because I because I was by myself and I didn't know yeah. how I felt. And because I was also eerily so calm, I was terrified that there was something within, yeah. that, you know. And so I actually have stayed, I haven't I've stayed sober since. So it actually kind of began oh, wow. this kind of other trip into something else that's been kind of really good for me too. So yeah, there's it's there's kind of like, yeah, it, it was it's, a a very wild turn of uh, of time
0: yeah um what's amazing to you you and I we're around the same age I think we are Mm -hmm. the same age yeah and we've been single a lot you and I right like I know I know I've been single a lot yeah Um, and I've been
1: right there with you
0: yeah (laughs) you've been there with me and but what I love about hearing you talk about like especially all this really tough time in your life. I think sometimes when you're single for so long, you do give yourself the narrative sometimes that you're alone in this world, and that's terrible and blah blah. blah. But you sound like you have such a lovely community of people in your life that like oh, ca- catch you in those moments, right? And like, like
1: yeah, and and from like all all over. Like I mean, like you know, and just so many sweet you know people doing and like within this like kind of like pandemic world that we live in like the kind of like joy and kindness that like you know that like um you know people like sending me gifts of things like like and friends from the improv community like 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 jackie and people like you know my my friend jen sent me sent me like um a, a, a gift certificate for like skip the dishes so that i could have a birthday dinner you know like like people it's the resilience of the human spirit and and like using the the technology and the things that we have like yeah like i mean it's it's wild how many people were able to really kind of really be there for me in really creative and cool ways amidst this absolute fucking nightmare you know what i mean
0: (laughs) yeah i i never really feel terribly my my mom and my family's in calgary and i'm facetiming them it must be a hundred times a day it feels like so often i i always feel like yeah i never i think that's what this whole thing has taught me is to reach out a little bit more because i'm not like a naturally good person at reaching out and Yeah. yeah and also the lovely people who reach out to me I, knowing that i'm not like a p- good person at like reaching out to people and yeah Perfect. i it's yeah and it's yeah if we didn't have technology i like i know a lot of people like like oh social media is bad and everything's bad but i'm like what would how alone would we be in this time like we'd be writing letters and it would take months (laughs) to get someone and like yeah i think technology has really um helped us during this time
1: um yeah everything in its own kind of you know moderation of you know usually like the only lies you tell are lies you tell yourself like usually if you're if you feel like you're having an issue with something it's you you're usually thinking about like the monitoring of that or whatever so it's just listen to yourself and if you feel like maybe you're spending too much time at that then you can try to like curb that but i feel like it's a time where people have to be very forgiving of themselves and very kind to themselves to like you know to be to to be able to to uh, you know, to, to just take care of, of what they need to keep them safe yeah. and and good. And like, you know, we have this feeling sometimes that like, um, we want things to like every we want to solve problems, we want everything to be okay, we want like, you know, everything to be to be good, our idea of good and like good and bad are such dangerous words, because they're they're so yeah. vague. You know what I mean? And like, any issue that you're having, I find that like a really powerful thing for me is to imagine that like, you know, that nothing goes away, that it walks with you. And it's kind of like how you walk with it is like your choice. So it's like, you know, whether it's like not drinking, which is like your, or like I quit smoking a couple of years ago and and doing that was like, you know, that, you know, if I ever, if I ever felt like I couldn't do something, I don't anymore because I thought I'd stop selling cigarettes when I quit. Like I thought that it would be over, you know what I mean? So, um, Yeah, I I think that it's a it's an interesting thing that like all of the things that you're feeling, you know, listen to them rather than like wanting them to go away is a really powerful thing to be like, okay, well, what is this? If as long as I'm okay with it being here, I accept it, then it makes it a little bit easier to figure out how we can walk with you and how you can live with it. You know what I mean? Whether that's grief or or pain or loneliness or whatever. And I mean, I'm speaking from, you know, from the words and wisdom of a very, uh, a very, um, uh, dedicated therapist who has helped me, you know, I do online therapy, which has been just outrageous and awesome for me. So
0: yeah, yeah. I've really, yeah. Oh, I'm like, I had been doing therapy two years prior to uh, all of this happening and I don't think it clicked until isolation for me and that's like that's what's inspired this whole podcast and like yeah I feel like I'm going through a personal revolution because life has like forced me to slow down and like yeah recognize those things that I'm walking with think about duality in life and like think about like myself and my choices and things like that so yeah i am this whole podcast is just basically selling therapy (laughs) to people for sure and
1: like (laughs) what would you say like you know when you think about like duality like how would you how would you recognize or reference that in terms of like is that kind of like looking at like um you know something my therapist talks a lot about because you know my moving i came to newfoundland and then i had my um I had my uh, isolate my quarantine and then I stayed with my 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 dad and my sis my sister lives with him and her son and tried to kind of like help kind of put things back together and then I had an amazing friend my my sister my my good friend from university Jennifer her sister Pauline who's always been like a really just awesome like she's just somebody I look up to a lot and she's just really an amazing person she let me stay at her house for a bit so I could stay with my dad but then also have my own space and like you know, but I feel like I was given so many gifts and like my friend Melanie, I stay at her house and this has really become a home for me. Like, but you know, I haven't really had a reason, like I decided that I wouldn't go back unless there was a reason to go back for work or for whatever. But amidst all of that stuff, I've had like to to battle with a lot of feelings of like a lack of choice and a lack of control. That yeah. like, like, you know, what is like, when am I going to have my life back? I think was kind of like something that I was looking at. It took me a long time to kind of work through the ideas of that, like. Life is happening. The days are what they are. It's yeah. up to me when I make them. When you say, du- that's a long way around To When you say <laughs> duality, do you yeah. mean, are you looking at the before times in comparison or are you looking at your ability on either side to cope? What's your duality?
0: So to me, duality, I, I in my past have been a very... black and white person like this is good this is bad i spot and i spiral or like i peek so i'm like this is the best everything about this is awesome and i don't really see the other side to things or i'm like this is terrible i hate everything about this right now we're we are we're living in a time where if you just look at it it seems bad it seems bad it seems like we're going through a bad time but like even listening to you talk about like this really hard time in your life. I just see so many, you found so many gems in this time, right? So like this horrible thing can happen to you, but there's like good things happening at the same time. And to like always consider that. And where I never used to consider that. I just like never used to like clock it in my head because I'd get so wrapped up in either- the positive or negative emotion and not like giving space for them to exist together.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, and then you have to be considerate to yourself too, because you have to think about like the work that we do and the kind of life that you live. And like, you know, you are a soldier of the life that you've built too. Like you've learned how to deal and organize things based on, you know, I'm used to change a lot. I'm used to uh, pivoting, you know, really quickly um which can be annoying for some people that maybe in my life aren't so much because they're you know they don't we don't have the same kind of way that we think about things but i'm a soldier of my life like i that's being a a, you know a working actor and you know you might have times where you're really busy and then you might have times when you're not and i mean i i started to do improv for a lot of reasons but one of the best gifts that it gave me was it made it so no matter what was happening whether i was being you know whether i was being booked a lot or whether i had a lot of work I I had I took away the excuse from myself that that somebody else was in control of me performing. So like yeah. if I'm, if I'm going to say that the work is what's important, it forced me to be like, okay, well then the, you can do the work. You can you can yeah. you can it's up to you. You're the limit of how much you can invest in that. So that was like a massive gift. But but like the things that you've set yourself up for, it's like that's how you allow yourself to be ambitious, but also be able to strive for more too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, I was just had my, uh, foot on the gas <laughs> for five years that I never really, I just was like, go, 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 go. That I never like established a balance. I think in my brain, like I was just like, get all the improv and all the comedy and all the things that you want. But I didn't realize that like, the downtime matters too and I guess we're all being forced into that <laughs> downtime now so yeah. yeah so like I I I hope it's giving and it sounds like it's like talking to my friends talking to you talking to everybody that like people are they are taking like time to like really sort through how they feel about things and I and to me I think we're gonna come out of this like better individuals and um I'm excited about that. I think that's like a good thing about all this. So,
1: yeah. And like, you know, you know, and it's just been such a, you know, it's been such a, a wild time for so many different people based on, you know, it really lets you see too, you know, how much the basics of life are valuable to all people and necessary. And, you know, some of the things that we put a lot of stock and value to can go away and they can, like you can kind of go without them. But like, I feel like something that's also been quite beautiful is the recognition and understanding of the value of art of the value of connection. And like, you know doing you know taking improv and moving it online and stuff like that and seeing the ways that you can still connect but then recognizing like I mean one of the biggest things for me and I know you do improv too I haven't done that many shows but I work with the bad dog feature players and that's been just like a joy in my time you know as of for for the friendships that have been developed in this strange time but also for the practice but like you know I recognize that like a massive part of my communication as an improviser is from the feeling of another person from the tone from like how they breathe from like the feeling in the room from the tension like tension is so hard to create online in like a Zoom scenario because of lagging and time and like you don't trust that like that if somebody pauses that it's not like um you know a uh that it's not that that they're they're frozen or whatever so yeah you know, so that like I miss that tension of being able to draw a really deep breath yeah. and hold it for a few minutes in full faith that, like, everyone's with you. And, like, I feel like when we move back into whatever the next, the, the way, whatever way the, the world looks like, when things kind of return to whatever this, whatever quote unquote, normal transitions to, I really hope that we can, like, never forget that. You know what yeah. I mean? how 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 much that was missed during this time
0: yeah i miss being surrounded by laughter the most i i i i've done a lot of online shows what another really amazing thing to me is watching improvisers improvise improv (laughs) like reimagining improv because it is completely different doing a show um in front of an audience than at your computer sitting alone in a room is it's still no matter how many shows I do and how many classes I teach, it's still something I'm getting used to, but um, especially when I'm teaching, I really like I'm like, oh, what if we try it this way? Like teaching's kind of become like my Zoom improv lab (laughs) to see what works. Yeah, to see like what works and see what doesn't work. And then I use it in shows I
1: do. (laughs) But I I love that. And I really hope that you see the value in that, not just for yourself, but for your students. Because I feel like one of the things that we're put, situation that we're put into right now and that we've seen in a lot of really cool scenarios of like, people really just being like, I don't know how to do this online, but I'm going to try it. And like, whether it's award shows or, or live streaming performances, like I saw, like um, I became a One Direction super fan over the summer. And like (laughs) Niall Horan, one of the young fellows from there who's just so sweet. He did like a live stream of a concert. And like, as as soon as he started, he was like, I'm so nervous. And I just think that like you being able to, and people like that and, and, you know, People like you, if you're in a teaching scenario and you're and you're the person that's kind of leading that. Letting the people that you're working with know that you are experimenting too, that you are solving problems, like not for them or not around them, but like with them and that they are helping you kind of figure out how to do it, that is really That doesn't make it like i think some people are afraid to give up what they think is their power by doing that but you're not you're including people in something that is a brand new frontier in a lot of different avenues for a lot of people whether you're a improviser whether you're if you're a musician like whether you're like 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 a dad like my dad who like i signed him up for his first email address when my mom passed away you know what i mean like people are needing to like try new things and the more that we can say yeah I'm figuring it out too I feel like that's like that's the that's the 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 attitude that we need to embrace throughout.
0: yeah this. and I think like especially doing shows with bad dog it's I love how open we are that like we're one of the first theaters doing this. And and it's actually been going surprisingly good. There's like very few like glitches. But when there is a glitch, I think well our audiences are very understanding because we're very like open about it. Like this could happen. Like Connor and John are like, this could happen. Like, you know, like so yeah. um yeah, I I feel very lucky that I've gotten to be a part of um this even though i do struggle i do struggle by missing like you miss the, i miss the tension yeah and i miss like just the audience like i used to be so scared of them <laughs> the audience yeah. and now i'm like oh wow like that is such an adrenaline kick to you when you perform oh that, dude yeah. yeah i mean and i I went, just-
1: to, I went to the dentist um before christmas and I mean, I was basically, like, doing a stand-up routine. Like, I had, <laughs> I love my and – and I'm and i so lucky that because I'm in Newfoundland and we have been, you know, been very fortunate in terms of our caseload and stuff like that, that I have been able to, like, see friends within my within my bubble and be able to see my family and stuff. But, like, to be in a room with a captive audience of two people who I didn't know, I mean, I felt like I was on fire. Like, I didn't realize how much I missed that audience, <laughs> you know?
0: yeah i totally i even talking to my parents like making them laugh i'm like this is i need you i need to hear it (laughs) i'm like i just need to please just like even if it's not funny please
1: laugh Um, Yeah, they they love that too i'm sure (laughs) they're like they're ready for i mean you seem to have such a wonderful relationship with your with your family and i think that that's a very uh that's a very admirable and amazing thing and i mean quite uh Quite awesome to see, you know, because you're checking up on your friends, and I'm so far away. But I mean, everybody must feel, even if you're in the next street over, you don't get to see anybody. So I think everybody feels alone together in a certain way. But I, I love to like check in on and see people's posts and stuff like that. And like, I had a friend or somebody had put up something about like, well, is it too much to post whatever? And I'm like, you know what? If somebody doesn't want to see it, they can, they can not. Yeah, know. I'm All whatever right. you want to put out there. I have a cho, I have a choice on the receiving end. As long as you're not like putting Out stuff that's hateful Or stuff that's like you know that's that's triggering to people. As long as you're as you're as you're safe within your social social media, to be conscious of of the of the the basic care of other people. I you know you want to put up ten pictures of you in your favorite outfits because you're feeling down tonight. I am in. I like that. Yes. Like, I
0: click, want click, everybody click. to share their li- like. I'm actually sort of bored with TV lately because I'm so like I'm much more interested in like TikToks and like what people are doing in their real lives because I'm like I. I feel like uh, I used to love walking around the city and like going into places with people and just like people watching. And mm-hmm. I, and now it's like this, you're just stuck in your same four walls. Like I want connection. I want to hear your stories. I listen to so many like uh, this American lives, and like those storytelling podcasts. Cause I'm like, I just want a different perspective right now. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, I, I reach out for that a lot. Um, okay. I have, Seven questions that I ask that I call seven questions in heaven. We've Woo-hoo! chatted a lot. This is a long intro, but I wouldn't, I don't regret a minute of this intro. Oh um,
1: is- <laughs> I, <laughs> love, it really- I love that you're bold enough to like refer to it as like an intro. That was like a. Oh. a- um, well, because that's the thing, and then I'm like, yeah, I, I just, you, if you open the door for me to chat, like you got, I'll fill the time, don't you worry. I love <laughs> it.
0: My last episode too, we had like a 35 minute intro, so I'm like, you know what? These are what my intros are like. Whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I think
1: you might so, have to. I do uh, like, and that to, to give you some unsolicited advice, I think you might yeah. want uh, to to uh, reimagine the term intro. Yeah, maybe right we'll here. call <laughs>
0: it. We'll call it a. This is might be the extra maybe it's better to call this part the extra yeah Yeah. or like
1: that's like the chat portion of the of the the full piece
0: (laughs) yes exactly okay so this is seven questions in heaven uh which is supposed to be like seven minutes in heaven but we're not going to make out because of covid Uh, i know I did, re- I, I did tell everybody I will make out with them with consent after COVID's done. After all vaccinated, I'm coming for you. I'm
1: coming uh, for everybody. <laughs> I mean, everyone, everyone can get it after
0: this is all done. Yeah, I'm going to be super easy after this is all done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so question number one. So you mentioned you have, like, a roommate, and, like, I know you're in Newfoundland, so you can go see people and stuff like that. But how much time alone um, – how much time a, a week do you spend alone?
1: Alone? Um I spend, well, it's actually pretty easily, uh, I can totally calculate it. My roommate works uh, works five days a week. She usually works pretty long hours. So she usually works like 10 hours. And so I you normally spend 50 hours a week by myself.
0: <laughs> 50 hours a week. That I is well take. calculated. It um, take, yeah. yeah. How much, uh, so how much has like the way you spend time alone with yourself changed from like, uh, pre-pandemic to post-pandemic,
1: um, wildly different. Um, I look back at like what what I would have been doing on this day a year ago, and I could probably vomit thinking about how I would be able to uh, like get all those things done in this amount of time. I've slowed down a lot. Um, the I, it's totally yeah, it's 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 very different. But I mean, it is you know I guess there are elements of similarities. I usually. I exercise every day. That's something that I do that I need. Like I, I do for my back and for my brain. My brain really likes that, so I usually try to do that once a day. And uh, I write a fair bit, usually for a few hours a day. And I clean and putter around and listen to. uh, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and stuff like that. Um, So uh, there's, you know, there are a lot of like joyful things that are not work related that never would have been been had priority in my day a year ago that are now are now of full necessary priority and my work is much better because I have more interests and have more joyful things around me all the time so it's a definite positive thing
0: that's great um what's so Mm -hmm. now to talk about the negatives what's like the hardest part about um being alone during this time like what are you struggling with
1: Um uh about being alone. Um I like my time to myself. I feel Mm -hmm. like um I think one of the things I guess that's the that's hard about being alone is uh not being able to connect with people who you love. And I think that for me too, it like it all and I guess you know, this is quite similar to a lot of people as well. It's like it all just everything just happened so quickly that I really feel the I really feel the separation of like a life and then a totally different life you know what I mean yeah and so that loneliness of just like um you know I just you know I just wish that I could sit in a room with some people who I haven't you know I haven't been able to in such a long time
0: yeah, it's weird. It's like we didn't get to say goodbye to each other uh-huh. when this all happened. Yeah, I never thought about it that way.
1: Yeah, um, so I mean, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So but I mean, I, I, I'm much better with my time alone, just because, and also, I guess, after my after the the quarantine um, scenario. Yeah. I mean there's no I can't it's it's incomparable so I mean I'm fine I can watch TV <laughs> and like I'm I'm like emotionally kind of like all right I'm okay yeah. so in comparison yeah. great
0: <laughs> yeah um what's like so you and this you probably answered this in a couple of your questions just like what's your what's what's your favorite part about being alone
1: um uh oof. I I mean I I'm I'm like pretty I like to I like to write, and I like to like I like to write and draw and stuff like that. And those are things that have definitely come out more that aren't so like work related in terms of like writing scripts and stuff like that. So I find that time by myself gives time, uh, gives time for that. But I guess like taking more seriously, um, doing stuff that doesn't doesn't directly benefit me in terms of career stuff. I feel yeah. like that's like the best. And, you know, and I've been really trying to, when I was in a hard way, really feeling like I didn't have a lot of control and really just like genuinely terrified of not, like I didn't, I couldn't even, I was at a certain point that I couldn't even really gauge if I even enjoyed my life at that much before the pandemic. Like I was so out of touch with things in terms of like, I was just in such a comparison mode of like, Mm -hmm. I want, I want that back, but I didn't really, I, I wasn't at a stage yet where I was open to really like look at what that life was broken down into small bits and then be able to kind of decipher what are the things that I, that I value from that. And what are the things that were kind of like, not necessarily in my value system as it sits right now. So, um, so yeah, so that's, I don't know if that answers that question, but that's- yeah, it does. It's <laughs>
0: really good. I I know what you're talking about. I was so busy before that I, I, I couldn't tell you if i was having a good time <laughs> you yeah. know like i was i was doing a lot of things i love to do so i assume i was having a good time but like yeah. I, I still haven't like really filtered that down in my head um
1: mm, there's also kind of like something an interesting thing like i've been like reading about like manifestation and all kinds of different mm-hmm. things but one of the things that i've dealt with a lot in my in my therapy and stuff like that too is the idea of scarcity and like you know operating from a place where you're just like doing all the things because that's what you're supposed to do. And you don't say no to any, any opportunities and you, you you're always available and you're always whatever. And then kind of turning that on its head to kind of allow yourself to just like really invest in yourself and doing the work and let the things kind of come to you a little bit. And I feel like me kind of wrapping my head around that, which took a long time and a lot of work, but that's kind of like really shifted my perspective of,
0: the life that I had before. Totally. Oh my god, Dana. Yeah, we're we're living. We're reading the same books. i think. <laughs> you
1: I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading your mail is what they I'm say. reading a
0: mail. Yeah, because honestly i yeah i was like I, I think when you come to the city and you know there's like this track to get this thing you all are working towards and you all get on the track and you're all just like moving on the track um but you also I, like you
1: also have to check your language there because it's like you came to the city makes it sound like you know you like you know hitched a ride in the back of a of a truck yeah. and know where you, you sacrificed no. a lot to go yeah and move there and you left a family who you're very close to who you don't get to see every day and like you know of course when you were there like you know yeah you were you're, you're you're like you're hustling because you you have very purposefully gone to achieve something
0: yes yeah and I think that people who yeah that is very true like I came here with a purpose and a direction and then and we were all kind of like going on it and to have it gone all of a sudden is like very startling but it does yeah it gives you space to like let things happen to you. And I I really didn't have faith in the beginning that if I just did that, things would happen. But Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, I also think we sometimes forget about the seeds we have planted while we're in yes. that grind and that we can let it sit for a little bit. And those seeds will come back and like h- harvest and like feed us and like we'll feast upon them. Like I never consider that before. And now I see it happening like in like both sides of my career. And I'm just like, Oh, this is amazing. This is like, I, I, I didn't give it time to breathe sometimes. Right. And then appreciate what comes out of it. So yeah, yeah. I, I, hear, hear what you're saying in that aspect of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I think you covered a lot of this, but I really want to hear, yeah. What's like something, maybe something you've discovered about yourself during isolation. Um, maybe like an interest you didn't know you had until isolation, maybe
1: um oh god I think that I've reconnected with like um like a different type of art that I'm interested in like more like you know in like terms of like fashion and and uh, like clothes and and beauty and and all of those things which I always felt were kind of hand in hand with what I do but because they weren't like the the focus of what I do I haven't really put too much time in that like I was my roommate introduced me to like watching like Drag Race and I know that like
0: oh my gosh yes, and
1: it has just been so joyful for me and yes. like it's been such a like lovely it's, it's really like it's been just like a really beautiful thing and it's been a nice bonding thing for me and my my roommate as well like she's like an encyclopedia of it but like um but yeah like you know and that's been kind of beautiful to kind of like you know look at that and kind of like look at the Clothes and the and the different ideas of it and you know but like yeah art I think that like looking at myself and and understanding different things and I also think I I um I was a very sensitive and pretty quiet kid at some point and then some point along the way you know that kind of shifted you know in a certain way I guess maybe in terms of like me being smart enough to understand what I needed to do to to live my life and to survive and to kind of be what I wanted to be and to achieve what I wanted and so I think that I've been continually reminded to myself of like what a what a serious I, I want a, I'm, a, I'm a quite for how much of a laugh I like to have and I mean I'd love to have a laugh and I'm quite mischievous on that point but I'm I'm a pretty uh serious person and I like to I like to listen to my books and do my drawings and like you know, play make believe the same way I did when I was seven. Like I'm still the same person. Just kind of like shifted shifted how I how I've been able to present myself. But I mean I'm I'm a pretty private for all of the things that I am, I'm a total contradiction on the other side because
0: I'm you know I am the same way too. Like I would I think people would be surprised if they were to spend time with me like alone in my space of like what I do too, because I think people, especially when we do what we do and we do comedy and things like that, people just see that side of you. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I love like murder shows. And I love, I like, like reading a nice thick uh, like biography or something. Right. So yeah, that that's, um, yeah, I totally know what you mean. Um, So you were, t- you might've mentioned this. Actually, I'm not going to ask you this question. I have a better question. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask you, how has like um this shift in uh, isolation and being alone, how has it affected your creativity and how you like uh, release your art to like the world and like work on things that are artistic?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess I know, like I'm doing a writing course now where I just started writing a new script and, uh, and yeah, it's interesting. I feel like I have different things to say. I feel like I'm, I think I'm just much more f- like focused. I feel like I'm, I'm, I've reconnected with myself in a certain way that I have a lot, I have a lot more of a clearer perspective and point of view of a lot of different things that I think will only help me as I express myself, but I definitely feel like I'm the, the you know, the only, I, cause I haven't really had in, too much in terms of practice other than like writing and doing improv at points, you know, with my, with my bad dog featured players gang, but I've put, this time has forced me to, Really assess the things that I am naturally drawn to. That like Mm -hmm. to like to feed feed my interests and let my interests guide me to how I want to create things, as opposed to just make you know to just being like okay, this is what this is. I'm going to make it. I feel like I have a a lot more uh, by filling my cup a lot more with things that bring me natural joy. It it kind of has lit up my expression a lot more. It's it's made it a lot more. uh, There's a lot more there's a lot more there. It's a lot easier for me to access different things.
0: That's awesome. And then the final question is, um, how has being alone, like throughout your life, how does it help you connect with others?
1: Hmm. How does being alone help me connect with others?
0: Yeah, like, what do you do in your time alone that, like, makes you m- more ready to be, like, in connection with others, if that makes any sense? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'll i explain, it. like, I, I, because um, I spend all day in an office, and then I would go to a show in my time alone. Yeah, I, like, I'm a very private and actually kind of quiet person, like, I sit in quiet a lot more than mm-hmm. I think people might realize about me and that helps me like turn it on and be out there with others kind of thing like when I have to be so I don't know if anybody else goes through things like that I, I definitely feel like I have to do specific things alone
1: to oh, like, I energize me yeah I-, I think that I uh, it's definitely a lot more, you know, because I have more time, it's a lot more prevalent now. But I've always been somebody who really valued like my time to get ready to go out. And it's not like I was showing up, you know, to the nines or like a fashionista everywhere I went, it did, it, it might not have translated in how I ended up. But like, <laughs> I always, have, I've always been very uh, precious about my, like, my organization time. And I feel like, you know, I realized when I quit smoking that like, I feel like a lot of um, a lot of my smoking too was the fact that even though like anybody who knows me would look at me and be and, and think I was an ultra extrovert probably because I do like to be around people. But I feel like I really got jazzed about being able to kind of like have an excuse to like walk away whenever I wanted to as well. Oh, yeah. And, like so kind of understanding that aspect of like smoking of like, you know that that I didn't really like. I didn't mind the fact that I that I got to leave every once in a while, and like, and I have my own like secret societies with like certain yeah. friends in life who were also smokers. Like in con, me and my buddy Joe like built a beautiful friendship from just being the two that had, would be outdoors together. You know what I mean? But like,
0: yeah, that's how I feel about my weed smokers outside of a totally. venue. Like yeah. we have like a connection where like we're going downstairs, and yeah, yeah and I also I was smoking cigarettes for like I think a year or two here because I was one of your buddies who'd go outside and yeah I did it I think just to like have a reason to step outside and take a breather
1: (laughs) and we don't let ourselves like we don't give ourselves like if we think about the things that we like if we really broke it down to like all of the like moving parts of it you would actually be surprised of the things that are actually the most attractive parts of things that you look at quite as like a big picture thing that you're that you're interested in but I guess like spending you know, when I when I spend time by myself and I feed myself, I have more to give, I guess, to 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 other people. And I, you know, can I think I listen much better now than I did before. I think I've definitely have a tendency at certain points to to have just wanted to have, to wait to have my time to speak, you know. And I feel like I have a uh, I have a lot more interest in uh, in listening a little bit more now that I spend more time with myself.
0: Definitely, me, me too. Yeah, and like, cause then when you get a chance like this to have an amazing conversation, what a smooth wrap up, Andrea! Uh, oh, to have an amazing, <laughs> to have go. an, to have an amazing conversation with like someone like you, I feel like I'm ready for it now. Like whereas before, I used to think I, I think I let the anxiety of how many people I was engaging with on a daily basis it would overwhelm me at a certain point of a day, but oh, yeah. But now I feel like now when I get a chance to chat with you, I'm like, I'm so excited to hear your experiences. And yeah, it just, it, I, and I hope that's going to translate to when we're out of COVID and then I, I'm just so energized to see people. So I'm, I mean, yeah. I
1: can't even imagine what it's going to be like when like, it's like people c- are in the same room together. Like, is it just, and I mean, I, it's going to be a slow burn, I'm sure. But I just imagine that it's like, just as like one night of everybody just like showing up to the spot being like ah, it's gonna be like sensory overload
0: i know i i i was like dreading it at one point but now i'm super excited now i want it yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much dana i would love to hear how can people like follow the work you're doing and what should we be checking out
1: oh gosh um so yeah so you can always follow me I'm 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 on Twitter but I'm really like uh in and out of it it's uh, I'll have times where I'm right into it and then I'm not um but I'm on Twitter I think it's just Dana Podicum I'm on Twitter but I'm on Instagram that's Dana Pod um and uh yeah and so I my my latest project that I created I uh was a co-creator, co-writer, and co-performer co, uh, co uh, performer in a web series called Band Ladies, which is about a book club that become a punk band. And, you know, we've had just an amazing go of it considering that we launched it right, right after I got here in Newfoundland. We launched, like, a month later. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it's just an, a really amazing group of performers that are that are lots of people from our, our absolutely insane toronto comedy community we were just uh we were just nominated for an actor award for best ensemble uh like, you know, just like a crazy group like the other nominees are you know murdoch mysteries Shit's creek baroness kim's convenience so i mean we're just absolutely elated to be in such fine company and it's just a testament to the amazing people who are in the show uh, we had some really great uh, people who who came together. So me, Molly Flood, and Kate Fenton created it. We had the support of um of Brand Smorden, Melissa d'Agostino, Matt Campania. They were all like our producers who came together to make it happen. highball TV. We were supported by the IPF and um and uh, the Bell media fund. And yeah, it's just this you know, real labor of love, something that was able to be made you know, with a lot of love and a lot of care from, a, from a, a wonderful group of people. And you can watch the first two episodes for free and, um, on Highball TV. And if you sign up for a, I think it might be either a seven-day or 14-day trial, you can sign up for the trial and you can watch the whole thing in an hour. And then if you want to keep going, you're welcome to, or, you know, you can uh, stay with Highball TV and watch even more shows. But go to Highball TV and check out Band Ladies. Yeah. Oh, and the Bad Dog Feature Players. We do a show called The Early Show. We've only got a couple of weeks left, but hopefully you'll be seeing more of us. So if you see uh, my face somewhere there, uh, click it and go watch it on YouTube. (laughs)
0: <laughs> see you see my face click it that's see it, honestly see my face.
1: Click it. <laughs> click
0: it. Um, great check out band ladies it's so amazing it's a 14-day trial i tra- i watched it all it was amazing Woo-hoo! it's my uh fantasy just to yeah from from a book club to a, a rock <laughs> band like that's all i want in life um and check out dana do improv she's amazing ah! um thank you so much for joining me dana um it's been a pleasure chatting with you and learning how you are being being happier alone.